Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 199. You know, make today count, because if you didn't, you just pissed one away. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Matt Stone. Matt, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm in the seat and the harnesses are tight. All right, great. Love it when people show up prepared here at Cars Yeah. Matt Stone is a freelance journalist, author, broadcaster, and former editor at Motor Trend Classic Magazine. He's been a professional automotive journalist and photographer since 1990, and he's a chief class judge at Pebble Beach at the Concorde d'Elegance, and he's a member of the LeMay America Car Museum's steering committee and past president of the Motor Press Guild Trade Association. He's written several books, including Winning, The Racing Life of Paul Newman, McQueen's Machines, My First Car, and History's Greatest Automotive Mysteries, Myths and Rumors Revealed. I'm looking forward to reading that one. Matt, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, sure enough, Mark, I'm a, I'm a car full of practically from birth. Of course, my, my dad was a, was a hot rodder and a serious car enthusiast all of his life. And I suppose, I am guessing, for a lot of us, that's where it comes from. Not everybody, but, you know, there was always cool cars around our house. And a lot of times they were in the garage and, and, and my dad and I were cranking on them. So uh, that's probably where it started. And that's also where I, I got my passion for photography. As a hobby, and of course, what did I spend most of my time taking pictures of cars? <laughs> of course. So, well, here we are, you know, 50 years later, and I'm still taking pictures of cars. <laughs> but I suppose I was a car fool from birth and then uh, got out of school and went into, the, into various forms of the commercial real estate business. So I was in real estate to begin with, got my degree in business with a minor in um, in journalism, and uh, which always kind of stuck in the back of my head and then one day, many years after that, I, I was reading a car magazine, and it was absolute junk. I mean, the writing was terrible, and the photos were ugly, and I threw the I threw the magazine across the room and says, you know, I can do better than this dumb. <laughs> there so, you go. Um, 
I started calling anybody I knew that was, was in any way connected with writing or the magazine business asking for advice. And then I, I listened and coagulated all their advice and uh, then kind of started doing things wrong and uh, was, was pitching magazines with, with my, my greatness and my ideas. And, you know, like so many people, I guess, to get into my business, I started out with all the usual things like car club newsletters, concourse programs, you know, all the stuff that you do for free yep. just so you can get a byline on a credit and, and exercise your craft a little and see if you can actually do this. Yep. And then one day after about 10 years of doing it on the side and doing it for clubs and doing it part-time and doing it free, I threw the hammer and declared myself a freelance automotive photographer and journalist one Thursday night about 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and then uh, got up two hours later and went to work. There you go. There you go. I love it. You know, what's great about this, too, is it's so much of what Cars yeah is all about is people who have a passion for automobiles and figured out some way to wrap it into their vocation. And after all those years in commercial real estate, you figured out how to do that and uh, hopefully have not looked back. So it sounds like a yeah. fun, fun trip. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is something that perhaps has been instrumental in forming your life, your success, your life around cars. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Matt, take the wheel. Well, Mark, I don't even remember where this comes from. I read it somewhere, somewhere along the way. Could have been, I doubt it was online because it was so many years ago, but could have been in a book of quotes, could have been in a magazine, or I don't know. But but the, the effect is make today count. Yes. Because <laughs> it's sort of like carpe diem, yep. really. Mm-hmm. You know, make today count because if you didn't, you just pissed one away. Yes, and we only have so many, right? We all only get so many, and some of us a lot, and some not as many, but without being overly philosophical, make today count. Whatever you, whatever you did today, even if it was just you know messing around and reading and puttering around the house or, or staring out over the lake or whatever it was, make it count. Whatever, whatever count means. Yep. It didn't mean you had to make money today or that you had to do anything that most people would consider accomplishing, but what it, you better have gotten value received for your day of some form or another. And wherever I read that is the most important thing I probably ever read. And, and I try to live by that, is every day has got to count for something. Absolutely. Always, always moving in some positive direction. Might be left, might be right, might be a weird fork in the road, but... Uh... I love that. That's great. The tie-in with Carpe Diem is wonderful. You know, I had a guest on Cars Yeah, Dwight Knowlton, who wrote a wonderful kids' book about uh, the little red racing car. And his saying is, Carpe Viem, seize the road. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the twist on that. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about spending a lot of time in the garage with your dad, wrenching on cars, learning about cars. But is there one pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that Matt Stone was a car guy? Wow, um, that's that's a little that's tough because there probably were many. Mm-hmm. But uh, but some that I remember is a, something my dad and I used to do. Also, we used to go to the car dealerships every every fall when all the new cars came out. And we'd look at all the new cars and I'd gather up all my stack of sales brochures. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we all did that. I mean, that's when there were sales brochures. But uh, but I, I suppose right then and there I thought, you know, I, I just 
this is all too fabulous. I, I have to do something with cars in my life. And I didn't at the time know that that was going to be a writer and a broadcaster and a photographer and a TV host and event MC and the other stuff that I do. But something back then says, you know, I, I have to do this, whatever this was with cars. Sure. Yeah, I've heard that from many guests. Their parents took them to these car shows or to car dealerships when the new models came out. And they, they picked up those brochures and went home and just scoured over them. I had one guest who cut every car out of the brochures and taped them up on his wall and just looked at them and dreamed about those cars. So I think it's fantastic. You know, the life as an entrepreneur is fraught with challenges and and failures and ups and downs and so forth. And I'd love for you to share with us some paths you've taken down the roads and share a huge challenge or a great failure that you faced in your career as an entrepreneur. But the most important part of this has to do with how you overcame that situation and even more importantly, what did you learn from it? I can't say, Mark, that I've never failed. Of course, we've all had setbacks, but um, I, I can't recall a massive, massive failure. But I mean, I remember, you know, people telling me when I got into this business so many years ago that, you know, you know, if you didn't start when you were 20, and didn't have a journalism degree or weren't born into a magazine family, you know, you probably won't make it. Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> Let me show you how wrong that is. Right. I, I never I never doubted my ability. I always said, you know, I can do this, and I may not be as smart as the other guys, but I will work harder than they will. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this stuff, and I know what I'm talking about, and I know how to write, and, and I'm going to just keep pushing. And I never, you know, like that, like that TV commercial with salt and pepper. <laughs> Push it. You know? and, and I never stop. And, and I don't mean like a, I don't mean like a bulldozer just running over people, but, but just quietly and, and confidently and assuredly pressing on. And when somebody says, oh, you know, the Motor Trend, they'll never listen to your story ideas. Uh, they don't. They don't have time for guys like you. They they don't want to deal with. They they want professionals. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I can be professional too. And <laughs> I, I prided myself on that, and I always, always, always in the business tried to conduct myself like an adult and like a professional, and realize that this, like anything else, is a business, and you be businesslike when you're doing it, and that means you know getting doing good work saying thank you, getting your work in on time and to size and dealing with issues confidently and head on and professionally when they come up and and just always playing hard and straight with people. And, and that has carried me further than I could have ever imagined. There were times when I didn't have some of the inside tracks or the advantages that other guys had, probably didn't have the talent. But, um, but I always persevered. Yeah. And that that's a huge word. I mean, you know, are there times when you're banging your head against a steel wall? Sure. And you also have to know when to say, you know what? I can knock on this door until I'm blue and nobody's going to answer it. Pick <laughs> yeah. another door. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you hit on a couple great golden nuggets there. Tenacity, perseverance. And also, if you're digging a hole, sometimes you got to know when to stop digging and crawl out and start another hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Get a different shovel. Yes. Find another hole. Absolutely. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story. When you had one of those aha moments in your career, 
it's one of those times when you realize that the idea that you had has a lot of merit and it's going to make it go somewhere. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Wow. We don't have that much time. (laughs) Well, that's why I say pick one. (laughs) Well, it's probably when I was, uh, I was reading Auto Week magazine back in, in the good old days of Auto Week magazine when they used to have a, uh, a little one-page classic car thing called Escape Roads. Oh, yeah. And I, I guess they still have it in a much smaller form, but it used to be a full page, about a 900-word story with a couple of photos. And that was kind of my thing was always classic cars and historics and vintage and antiques and old cars of one form or another. And um, I was reading Escape Roads and said, you know what? I can do these. And I counted up the words. Okay, 900,000 words, and they kind of cover this, they kind of cover that, and um, I picked out a couple of cars that I had never seen in Auto Week in all the years I'd been reading, and and here's this was a rule breaker. Uh Instead of, you know, finding out who to send it to and sending a query letter, I just wrote a couple and said, hi, you don't know me, but you're gonna. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I want to write escape roads for you, and, and I've enclosed three or two or whatever I did, mm-hmm. and it would really be cool if you'd run them. A week or two later, I got a I got a letter back from the deputy managing editor and said, hi, I'm the guy in charge of escape roads. Who are you? <laughs> Very cool. And he said, but, but nonetheless, I like your story on the Ford F100 from 1953 to 56. He said, I like your your Ford F-100 piece, and I, I'm going to buy that from you. Wow, cool. And I also like your piece on whatever the second was, and I'll buy that one too. Very and nice. the third one we've already done, so I can't use that. But if you want to give me a couple more suggestions or ideas, feel free. And and that's where it started for me, uh, my first professional hit, so to speak, and that was in 1987, I think. <laughs> or five or six or somewhere a long time ago now, 30 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, boy, when that thing came out and there's Auto Week magazine with my byline in it, I just about wet myself. <laughs> and then Very guess cool. what? Two weeks later, a check came. That's even better. <laughs> even better. Yeah. Now, now I are one. So uh, Yeah, yeah. Great aha moment. And it, it reminds a lot of folks out there, entrepreneurs who are trying to break into some business, Sometimes you got to take a little bit of an unconventional route. And uh, instead of uh, simply asking for it, just do it and see what comes of it. I think that's great. How about proudest moments? I suspect you've had many in your career, but is there one in particular that you could share with us that really stands out? Boy, there have been a lot. And, and I do not want to sound like me in my fabulous life. <laughs> because, you know, Mark, I am, uh, people say, oh, you're like the coolest guy. It's like, you know what? I am a very, very average guy that has the coolest job. <laughs> there you go. And, and there's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> One, I'll tell you, when I really, when it really lit up and I said, okay, this is a fabulous life. I did a story when I was at, when I was at Motor Trend. We did a story that we brought four exotic, for lack of a better term, convertibles up to Napa to Mario Andretti's winery. And, and our idea was that, um, that, that my idea was that, that I would ask Mario to drive each of these cars for 15, 20 minutes and then give me him his impressions. Of course, we did a photo shoot at the winery and a television episode. And it, 
it turned into a whole big media thing. But we were driving along in the back roads of Napa mm -hmm. in a Ferrari 360 Modena Spider. Cool. Okay. I mean, beautiful red Modena Spider, top down. Yeah. F1 paddle shifter. CC. And I'm in, I'm in the passenger seat with a tape recorder and a camera. And Mario, the greatest ever, is driving. <laughs> wow. And we're just blasting along some back road in Napa. And he looks over at me and cracks that grin and said, hell of a day for a drive, huh? Like, <laughs> well, it yeah. sure is. You have to pinch yourself at that moment. Yeah, that that's a keeper. Yeah, that's absolutely. Oh, how spectacular. A wonderful story. I love that. Especially with somebody like Mario, just an icon in the automotive world. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? It doesn't ha have to be your first car, but the first car that really had a huge amount of meaning to you. And if you could share a special memory you had with that vehicle. Sure. It, it, it absolutely was my first car, and it's the one that I probably regret most ever selling mm -hmm. to this day. And that was my 1971 Oldsmobile 442. Whoa, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, now just like every kid, you know, during the gas shortage, what was a smart car to be driving? A mm -hmm. 442 with a big block, big block 455 Ram Air Hurst shifter, fiberglass hood, posi rear end, blah 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 blah. Wamba wamba. <laughs> 340, however many horsepower, and would burn rubber from here to Montana. <laughs> uh, you know, and I mean that car was just. That was so special because I bought it myself. I saved up my money and paid, went to the dealership that, that I bought it from, stroked out a check for it and bought it and paid for it the day I drove it home. And I, you know, I can't remember just ever feeling better about having a great car. It was my first car, all my own. Yeah. And it was a magnificent car. <laughs> of course, it got, you know, 12 miles to the gallon. Yeah. But who cared? <laughs> yeah. You were having fun. <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a Ram Air 442, baby. Yeah. And, of course, that was, you know, just at the the kind of the end of the original muscle car era in the mid-'70s here when, you know, the bumpers got big and the engines got small and, 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 and fun kind of evaporated for a little while. But I had the wrong car at the right time. <laughs> Fantastic. And you already answered my next question. It has to do with seller's remorse. Would you say that is the car you'd like to have back in your garage? Yeah, that's that's definitely one of a couple, and I won't bore you with all the rest of them. But uh, but there's a couple that came and went, and uh, I guess I could say I'm better to have loved than lost. Yes, than never to have loved at all because yeah. I had them. Absolutely. And, you know, I had those cars and enjoyed them, and and took pictures of them and drove them all over and did all the things we do with our cars. And big blue, it was Viking blue with white stripes. All right. Of all of them, if I could ask for one back. It would be that one. Big Blue, please come home. <laughs> come home, Big Blue, please. Come home. Yep, love it. Is there a current project you're working on right now, Matt, that really has you excited and fired up? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have uh, I have a new book in the oven that uh, I'm about ready to turn over to the publisher. All right. It will be published this fall. will be out later this year in time for the, the holiday shopping season. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Perfect. But in any case, what's um, the book about? It's called Exotic Barn Finds. Oh, cool. Of course, everybody knows that the whole barn find phenomena is really big right now. And let's face it, which one of us hasn't wanted to find a Bugatti in a barn or a Ferrari in a field or a Maserati in a, 
in a or you know whatever in a wherever. Yep. And so uh, I figured, you know, before the whole barn find thing starts to become a passe trend, that I, if if it ever does, and I don't know, but um, I I felt that I wanted to get my barn find book done. And the way we decided to differentiate it from all of the other barn find books is uh, to make it strictly focusing on exotic cars. All right. Very cool. Well, you know, I had Tom Cotter on the show not too long ago, and his book, Fifty Shades of Rust, talks about all those magnificent barn finds. And you see the, the cars showing up on the lawn at Pebble Beach nowadays that still have dirt on them as, uh, you know, cars that have not been restored. And, of course, all those incredible cars that were at Retromobile uh, last month in February when some amazing cars were found. So I think your timing couldn't be better. And uh, for all those car guys, it's that dream come true. You know, that car that you spot on a field or up a driveway and you go, ah, there it is. There, it is. Porsche even did a, a print ad about that years ago where they showed a image of an old Porsche Speedster and a guy finding it in a barn. And I think the last words of the ad were, then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. I love it. Well, I can't wait for that book to come out and to get my hands on it. That'll be great. Now, here's a very introspective question for you. It has a lot to do with how you perceive yourself. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Boy, that is a tough one. And and uh, in your interview prospectus, I, I, I think I remember tripping over that a little bit. <laughs> well, um, I like it because... It's a bit revealing, uh, and it's not about the kind of car you wish you were, because we'd all want to be a sexy Italian sports car, or an F1 car, something like that, perhaps. Yeah, I would love, I would love to be that a Ferrari Daytona, but I'm not. There you go. Okay, so you understand the uh, concept behind the question. I guess I'm probably, um, probably a little bit of that seventy-one four four two. I'm all American. Mm-hmm. Although very much of, of, of Russian and Romanian uh, descent beyond my, my parents. But uh, I'm born here and a very proud American. Uh, got a lot of cubic inches. <laughs> um, Four-barrel carburetor, you know, I breathe hard and heavy and all. I, I, I guess I'm the 442. Okay. I, I would lo- I, I, I'm probably more of a muscle car than a, than a Miata. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, that's as good an answer as I can come up with for such an obtuse question. There you go. There you go. I love it. So, Matt, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. All right, Matt, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I see the white flag. Here we go. Great. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy and drive what you love. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Life is too short, as you said at the beginning of this talk. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Yeah, conduct yourself as an adult <laughs> in, in, in business and in life. You know, grow up, be an adult, be professional, courteous, kind, 
generous, all those other things, and 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 to the extent possible, I do, and 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 uh, you know that that's a way to live a fulfilling life, in my opinion. Fantastic. I know there's a lot of resources out there these days, especially with websites, but is there one in particular you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? Yes. I have a book. Let me grab it so I can quote the title properly. Okay. Now, I could give you all sorts of philosophical answers to that question, like profiles of courage, JFK <laughs> or all of that, but, but something for car people, some terrific, really, really great, great writing and fun stories. Mm-hmm. It's called Road Trips, Head Trips, and Other Car-Crazed Writing. And oh. it is edited by Jean Lindemood Jennings. You oh. may recall her as the former editor of Automobile Magazine. Yes. Uh, road Trips, Head Trips, and Other Car-Crazed Writings. And some serious A-list writers here, not all of them automotive, and some of their very best stories, David E. Davis Jr. and Denise McCluggage, Ken Purdy, Griff Borgeson, Bill Neely, uh, Jean herself, Ken Purdy, lots of lots of great, great names that have contributed to this book, John Steinbeck, Jack Kerouac, and many more. Mm-hmm. This is a wonderful compendium of great car stories written by great writers. I've read it cover to cover numerous times. I recommend it to any car fool like myself. Sounds fantastic. I'll remind our listeners that you can find these resources at carsyeah.com slash Matt Stone. Matt, do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Well, sure. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an avid traveler. Uh, my, my wife and I travel all over the world as often as we can get out and have been to a lot of wonderful places. And I think, uh, I think seeing the world is a magnificent thing. I mean, Earth is a pretty dynamic cosmically wonderful place and <laughs> lots of beautiful and occasionally awful things to see but um they temper our lives with experiences and i'd say to the extent possible get out and see the world so we're big travelers mm-hmm. i love music i'm a, a a woodwind instrument player and and grew up on classical jazz and just just love music of of many many sorts and um uh, not not a great musician anymore. I don't play so much as I as I used to and love to, but uh, very much into music, travel, and as I said, yeah, photography is a vocation, but still a huge hobby. Yep. And goodness knows, I love to drink a good glass of wine. <laughs> there you go. I love it. And before we get to the last part of our talk here, the checkered flag, I'd like to touch just a little bit on your book, winning the book you did along with Preston Lerner. Can you maybe share with our listeners? A couple insights as to what you learned about Paul Newman, the man, the racer, in putting this book together. Sure. Mark, and if I could, I'd like to just take a half a second to say that I have now written the entire Hollywood car guy trinity, and that being Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, and just most recently published a book on James Garner as car guy. Oh, gosh, yeah. Three incredible men. (laughs) Yeah. Paul Newman. I mean, um, wow. What a guy. What a man. And what a car guy. Absolutely no dilettante racer actor by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. He trained himself to become a fabulous sports car racing driver, was very, very capable, a multitude of SCCA national championships to his credit, Trans Am wins and all other kinds of racing. I mean, 
Paul Newman was a fabulous racer and, of course, race team owner. And, and I guess what I'm getting at is, I mean, you know, a lot of people think of some Hollywood car guys. Oh, yeah, he's rich. He bought a bunch of fancy cars. Right. Not in Paul Newman's case. I mean, he was a, a serious car enthusiast, a magnificent driver, and an extremely competent and capable, capable sports car racer. And I'll make sure that we have links to all these books that you've written in your show notes page at carsyad.com. Fantastic. I really enjoyed reading it, learned a lot of things about him. I didn't know about Paul Newman. You think of him as the movie star first, of course, as we all, most of us have seen him. But those of us in the automotive world realized that guy was a real deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like McQueen, just like Garner. I mean, all those guys were really serious. I think the uh, Hollywood part was just a means to get into the cars for them. Uh, it wasn't that the Hollywood and movie scene was the most important thing to their to their lives. It was the cars. Yeah, well, they were certainly different aspects of the, these complex lives. Yes. I mean, these were complex guys. And they, they were multifaceted in a lot of ways and for a lot of reasons. But, uh, but yeah, all three of those guys, serious car guys and very capable motorsports heroes, too. These are the, guy, these are the Hollywood car guys I grew up with. Yeah. And probably you, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and they were my heroes then, and they still are. Yeah, great. Well, I'm so happy you've done that and uh, exposed a side to some people that didn't know that about them uh, to realize how serious they really were. So now we're up to the checkered flag, Matt, and this last question can be a real doozy for some folks. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm footing the bill, what would that one vehicle be and why? Yeah, I've thought about this one long and hard. It's uh, tough, I know. <laughs> it would likely be Ford GT40, chassis number 1074. Why that car? Because that is the, the, the Gulf blue and orange uh, Ford GT that was the first car to win the 24 Hours of Le Mans back-to-back in 1968 and 1969. The first two-time winning chassis in the history of Le Mans. And, I mean, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous car. It's a Ford GT40 and has history that just, you know, that can't be repeated. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't think of another car on earth I'd rather have in my garage. Ah, uh, wise choice. Great choice. Fantastic. Matt, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Out listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down that Mulsane Strait in that Ford GT40? Piece of guidance. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not much of a life coach, but uh, but I would just say, uh, you know, cars has been the great catalyst to so many wonderful things that have happened for me in my life. Mm. They have taken me great places, literally and figure and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Have, have helped me make wonderful lifelong friendships and, and enjoy timeless experiences. I mean, cars are fabulous. And if you're not in the game, put on your suit and get in the pool. The water is fine. <laughs> Fantastic. I think the other aspect of cars being cool are the people around cars. Yeah, Mark. And, and that's what I meant by saying the cars are really catalysts. Yes. I mean, they, they catalyze great experiences. They've been the catalyst to lifelong friendships and people that I know and love and care about all around the world that uh, that I wouldn't have known had it not been through, let's call it the automotive universe of some sort. There you go. Cars are, are a great catalyst, so light that flame, please. 
Love it. Love it. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Uh, you can check out uh, a little bit more about me, cars I've owned and, and, and own, and, uh, and books I've done and read some stories and a bunch of other stuff at my website. It's a non-commercial website. You can't spend any money there. So please drop by for free. And that is www.mattstonecars.com. All one word, no funny punctuation. Mattstonecars.com. Please visit. Absolutely. And listeners, you can find links to this website and the books that Matt has written and everything else we've talked about today on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash mattstone. Matt, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!